Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian and I have been a die-hard Yankees fan. Uh, and again, the Historic Pinstripes is a place where we talk about some of the greatest moments in Yankees history. The goal of, of as I've said at the beginning of most, uh, of most of the shows, is to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history history. So today's episode we are going to be talking about the first World Series title in Yankees history 1923 um, if you're not familiar. Um, so the 1923 New York Yankees were the first team to ever win the World Series for the Yankees. Of course now they've won uh, 27 World Series titles um, but uh, before 1923, they had not won any, obviously, if you had listened to my last episode. And um, again, I just wanted to make a quick apology for not having an episode out last week. But there will be another episode coming out um, this coming Sunday. Basically, two episodes in one week. Anyways, I uh, figured I'd just give you a little recap. Um, the first 20 years, as I was mentioning, from like 1903 when they started as the New York Highlanders, um, the, the Yankees really weren't that great of a team. Um, you know, they didn't have a great ballpark. They, they had Hilltop Park, as I mentioned before, which was in Manhattan, and it was an all-wood park. It wasn't the best park. So, uh, and another fact that I just wanted to mention, too, basically from like, I'd say around 1918 to 1923, the New York Yankees and the New York Giants, actually really, I guess, more like 1912 to 19. 23 or so the New York Yankees and the New York Giants right around when the Giants started re renovating the polo grounds might have been around 1911 or so and they had to share Hilltop Park and then uh, you know obviously the Yankees they really didn't like Hilltop Park um, of course at the time they were still the Highlanders but eventually the Yankees ended up sharing um, the polo grounds for many many years uh, right up until 1921 which we basically left off last week with the Yankees uh, purchasing the contract of Babe Ruth so today we're going to start off with the New York Yankees led by Miller Huggins as um, for that year they actually won their their most the most games that they'd ever won they won 95 games that year which was the most since 1904 and they actually only finished in third place because the Indians also had a very good team. They ended up going going on to win the World Series that year. Um, and the White Sox, um, they, they also had a very good team as well. They were in second place. Uh, but, of course, the roster for the 1920 New York Yankees, Babe Ruth, Ping Boydie, who was a center fielder, Duffy Lewis, who the Yankees also got from the Red Sox. And the Yankees and the Red Sox made a lot of trades for the next few years because, as we know now, you know, Harry Fazee was trying, he didn't really care a whole lot about baseball and wanting to help the Red Sox. So, I mean, he, uh, you know, he really killed that Red Sox team. And obviously, you know, the Yankees really benefited from it. Um, and uh, Jacob Rupert was, in a lot of ways, I mean, Jacob Rupert and even Ed Barrow too, because Ed Barrow was the general manager, as I said before, um, for the Yankees in 1920. But before that, in 1918, he was the manager of the Red Sox. And he saw that Harry Frazee was, you know, he told him, don't, don't trade Ruth. And he ended up trading them. Anyways, uh, there was a lot of trades with the Yankees and the Red Sox in the next couple of years. Um, going, moving on with the rest of the roster, Aaron Ward was the Yankees' third baseman in 1920. He was a left-handed hitter, I believe. Uh, shortstop Roger Peckinpah, who played with the Yankees for quite a few years. I mentioned him in my top five Yankees uh, shortstop episode uh, quite a few months ago. Uh, but basically, Roger Peckinpah, he was a pretty kind of a scrappy type of shortstop, as you might imagine. Back in those days, shortstops didn't really have a lot of power or um, really nobody really had a lot of power besides Babe Ruth. 
Um, but he was a pretty good ball player. If, if I mean, considering that time period, he wasn't. I don't believe he was a Hall of Famer, but he he was. He, you know, he was decent. Um, he was pretty good, and I think he might have even been a captain actually. Um, right around, he was like one of the first captains of the Yankees before they really actually took the role seriously because um, the role of captain early on in baseball was kind of thrown around a lot. It was, it was more like you were like just basically a leader of the team or basically you were like kind of like a player manager. And I talked about that in my top five captains episode, but I just figured I'd mention that. Um, so, but he was one of the Yankees' first captains. Of course, he ends up, he doesn't really end up staying with the Yankees for that much longer. Uh, but he was their shortstop in 1920. Um, also, uh, they also had a, a, a couple catchers. They had um, Truck Hanna and Muddy Rule. Because um, they basically, I guess they were kind of like platooning them at catcher. They didn't really have one guy. Del Pratt was their second baseman. And Wally Pipp, um, who uh, later on we find out, obviously he's the guy that Lou Gehrig takes over for. But 1920, Lou Gehrig, um, he, he does, I think Lou Gehrig, this is, that's the f- first year that Lou Gehrig does appear but Wally Pipp is the starting first baseman then um, and Wally Pipp really wasn't that bad of a player as you find out a little in a little bit and Babe Ruth of course in right field um, he actually played Babe Ruth and um, he actually played a little, quite a little bit more left field and I think some of that might have been because from 1920 to 22 uh, Babe Ruth played in the polo grounds um, because the Yankees uh, you know their home park was the polo grounds and um you know, that's kind of what I was trying to get to before is uh, the Yankees were still renting. Um, they, they were like a, a tenant in the polo grounds for the New York Giants. And, you know, that the relationship with the New York Giants ownerships and the and even the Giants fans, there was a big rivalry there, kind of like Red Sox-Yankees or New or maybe Yankees-Mets or something like that. Probably even more so, I would imagine, because, you know, 1920 to 23 really – and probably and even after that, you know, the Giants and Yankees were both really, really good. And, you know, they, they really didn't like each other. But anyways, Ruth in 1920, I'll just let you know what he did. He had 54 home runs, 135 RBIs. He also had a 376 batting average and a 1.379 on-base plus slugging percentage. Um, so, and anytime you have a, a an OPS or on-base plus slugging percentage of over 1,000, that's really really good. Um, that's that's uh, that, that's really there's not many players that can do that. Like usually nowadays you got like a, a player named Mike Trout who's the center fielder for the Angels. If you're not uh, aware, um, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. But regardless, um, uh, one thousand uh, one thousand for an on base plus slugging is really really good. Um, Their 1920 rotation, the Yankees had Carl Mays. Bob Shockey, Jack Quinn, who actually Jack Quinn was not he was not that bad for the Yankees, um, and they also had Hank Tomlin and George McGridge, who I mentioned in last week's episode was the first Yankee to pitch a no hitter, which was in Fenway Park, um, and uh, but also Ruth he ended up making one start that year. That's all. That's the only time I believe it was the only. He, I think he might have made one start and he might have pitched out of the bullpen once, um, but. He, he only he only pitched four innings, uh, gave up two runs, four four runs in total, uh, two walks and no strikeouts. Um, he was also the cleanup hitter when he started the game um, for the Yankees, and he was two for four that day with a double and an RBI. So that's pretty darn good for for a pitcher. I mean, that's something you rarely ever see. I mean, I mean, I don't think I've really ever seen that in a lineup. I'm not sure if 
uh, when Shohei, to, Shohei Otani, who is a starting pitcher currently for the Angels, but of course he's been hurt. I see he had Tommy John surgery. He hasn't been pitching in a while. But when he was pitching, I don't, he might have hit in the cleanup spot, but I'm not positive. But you really don't see that ever, especially someone who puts up the numbers that Babe Ruth does. Um, the, and right now you really can't compare Shohei Otani to Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth is just, he's a legend. And um, to compare anybody to Ruth, I mean, that's it's extremely difficult, at least in my opinion. Um, but moving on, so as I said, the Indians won the World Series in 1920. Yankees still had a very good year. The Yankees were the best that they had been since 1904 when they finished in second place. And then, uh, so in the offseason, December of 1920, the Yankees ended up pulling off another trade with the Red Sox. Uh, uh, the Yankees ended up sending Del Pratt, Muddy Rule, who was a catcher, as I said. Del Pratt was a second baseman. They also, uh, they sent them for Wait Hoyt. Um, who was on the Red Sox. Uh, he ended up going to the Yankees. Mike McNally also, who was an infielder. And Wally Shang, who was a catcher, all came to the Yankees. And, uh, and so those guys came over, and they uh, really helped the Yankees, especially Wade Hoyt, of course, who was a Hall of Fame pitcher. Um, and I believe he was like 21, 20, 22 years old or so around that time of the trade. Um, so 1921, the Yankees ended up finishing um, in first place, and so I should I should mention by this time in baseball there are eight teams in each league, sixteen teams all together. So the first place team would just automatically go on to the World Series, um, because that's just how it was back then. They didn't really have they didn't have a, a whole lot of playoff rounds. So Yankees finished in first place. Giants, of course, finished in first place in the National League, and it was like this for a few years anyway. Uh, so the Yankees were ninety eight and fifty five, and Babe Ruth actually did make another start again he really by this time it seems like ruth really was content on being more of a being more of a, a position player and just the yankees probably really wanted to get his bat in there of course because i mean nobody could hit like Babe ruth so uh, i mean that they figured they probably figured they could you know they could make do with what they had and and um so anyways of course they got wait hoyt who was a big addition to their starting rotation um ruth did make one start in 1921 he pitched nine innings, uh, but and that was in two games. Um, uh, so he, he really wasn't pitching as well as he was with the Red Sox. He gave up 10 runs and nine earned. Um, but offensively, he had 59 home runs, 168 RBIs. He had 17 stolen bases, which you really don't think of Ruth as a, as a uh, you know, stolen base guy, which he really wasn't. But at that time... You know, that time in baseball, um, a lot of managers like to hit and run, and they like to move move the runners along. Um, of course, Ruth, even though he did have 17 stolen bases, I believe he got caught like 20-something times or something like that. Um, he had 378 that year in 1921. He had a 1,359 on-base plus slugging per, uh, percentage, which he did that a lot, and that's extremely rare for anybody to do. Um, that usually only the the best of the best baseball players do that because it's the uh, on base plus slugging percentage is basically just has to do with how much you get on base, uh, walks, hits, uh, you know, and how many doubles and triples and home runs you get, and 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 of course Babe Ruth, you know, nobody hit as many home runs as him, um, back, especially back then. Bob Musil, who uh, also was known as Silent Bob, he was the Yankee left fielder. I believe uh, this was his rookie year. He had hit 24 home runs, had 138 RBIs. He's kind of, I think they caught him, I would imagine they caught him Silent Bob too because 
he kind of went under the radar throughout his entire career. Of course, later on, of course, Lou Gehrig comes up and he really goes under the radar. But he was a pretty darn good player. He, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't really, he wasn't, definitely wasn't a star like a Gehrig. I mean, he was a star for a certain amount of time, but he wasn't someone that was like um, a superstar like a Babe Ruth or even a Lou Gehrig, I guess. Um, but he was a very, very good baseball player. His brother actually played for the New York Giants too, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, his brother was Irish Musel. Uh, but again, on Bob Musel, he had 24 home runs, 138 RBIs in 1921. He also had a 318 batting average, a 915 on-base plus slugging. And um, he also had 17 stolen bases as well that year. So Bob Musel and Babe Ruth and Wait Hoyt helped the 1921 Yankees to the World Series. And they face the New York Giants. And actually, in the 1921 World Series, I believe this was the one where there was eight games um, in the World Series. The Giants ended up going down to win. Um, but Wait Hoyt and Carl Mays, who was also on the Yankees starting rotation again in 1921, they pitched three games each for the Yankees. Uh, so they pitched more than half of the games that the Yankees played um, in and. Uh, so they pitched 27 innings between the two of them, and they both had a 3.05 ERA. Um, so they, they they pitched a lot. Um, so and I think it seems like from what I've seen, it seems like that that was the thing. They really the Yankees really didn't have a lot of pitching yet, um, and so it took them a little while to to get. That's probably why it took them a few years to to win the World Series. But anyways, uh, Bob Shockey also. He was a starting pitcher for the Yankees, and Harry Harper as well was another starting pitcher. They pitched the other two games in the series for the Yankees. So it was just Shockey, um, Harry Harper, and six games pitched by uh, Wait Hoyt and Carl Mays. Um, but the New York Giants, they uh, they ended up winning, as I said. They won the series 5-3. to three. Um, they, they won in game 3, 4, 6, 7, and 8 at the Polo Grounds. Um, um, of course, there were, all the games were at the Bolo Grounds because the Yankees shared the stadium with um, with the Giants because they were obviously they were, they were a tenant there, and you know of course there was definitely a rivalry there. They didn't like the Yankees, and the Yankees didn't like them, and the Yankees really didn't want to be there either. So of course, Dick Approver was trying to get a new stadium. Um, uh, in the World Series that year, 1921, the Yankees as a team they only hit 207. They had just two home runs. 20 RBIs, and, and that was in eight games. Babe Ruth, though, he had 313. He had a 476 on base percentage at that uh, World Series, a 976 on base plus slugging, and he um, struck out eight times. But of course, Babe Ruth was not known. He was known as being a guy that that struck out a lot. Um, of course, but back then, too, you know, players back then they really didn't strike out a whole lot compared to how much they strike out now. But I mean. In hindsight, compared to the players of back then, um, that was a lot. Um, but anyways, still, Ruth had a very good World Series, despite the Yankees really didn't hit um, besides Ruth. And, uh, you know, that that, that kind of comes into play in the next couple of years um, as the New York Giants and New York Yankees really kind of battle it out in New York. Uh, so the offseason, the Yankees um, lost their first World Series, um, the first World Series that they, that they made it to. Uh, the offseason of 1921, uh, December, actually, um, the Yankees made another trade, um, again, with the Red Sox. Rip Collins, who was a starting pitcher, he was actually a pretty good pitcher. He was like a spot starter in 1921. Um, so, But the Yankees ended up trading him 
and Roger Peckinpah, who was a shortstop. Um, again, he was a captain at, at uh, a, there was a time, I think it was 1914 to 1919 or 1920 or something like that. But um, that, that's when he was captain. But he ended up getting traded. Um, Jack Quinn, starting pitcher for the Yankees. Uh, Bill Pierce, Bill Pierce as well. And $100,000 went to the Red Sox. And the Red Sox gave the Yankees uh, Bullet Joe Bush, who was a starting pitcher. Sad Sam Jones, another starting pitcher. Everett Scott. And, uh, and and Everett Scott was a shortstop for the Yankees. Um, so the Yankees got a couple of uh, very good starting pitchers at the time anyway. Um, I'm not exactly sure why Sam Jones' nickname was Sad Sam Jones. Um, but uh, Everett Scott was also, he actually ended up becoming a Yankee captain as well. So the 1922 New York Yankees, they ended up finishing that season in first place. Again, uh, they were 94 and 60. Um, of course, they went on to go to the World Series to face the New York Giants, of course. Um, and another part of that rivalry on the roster was Everett Scott, who, as I said, he did become, um, he was actually basically the first, he, well, he's considered the first Yankee captain officially. Um, I guess Ruth was a Yankee captain. I think it comes around 1925 or so. And I guess there was this incident that, um, there was a, a heckler who was really riding on Babe Ruth, and he was really he was really getting on him. And Ruth, um, he really didn't take take a whole lot of he didn't he didn't want to take it. So he uh, so Ruth just went right in there, and I guess he he kind of started a fight, and that's they they just took the, took the captain. Uh, the, 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 he basically that was it. He wasn't the captain anymore. Everett Scott became the new captain of the team. But a lot of times, too, shortstops in general are kind of like at least I think I've heard Derek Jeter say this as far as being the field general, kind of like the quarterback of the infield. Um, so it makes sense that Everett Scott, being a shortstop, would be a captain one day. Uh, anyways, on to the rest of the Yankee roster. Um, Everett Scott, he was replacing Roger Peckinpah at shortstop. Whitey Witt was also purchased in the offseason from the Philadelphia A's. Um, so uh, he became the center fielder for the Yankees that year. And uh, third baseman was home run Baker. And also later in the year, of, uh, there was a trade again with the Red Sox where the Yankees ended up getting jumping Joe Dugan from the Red Sox. He ended up playing a lot of third base as well as home run Baker. So, But in the trade in July, Joe Dugan, Elmer Smith went uh, to the Yankees for Chick Fooster, who I believe was a pitcher, and Elmer Miller, um, and Johnny Mitchell, and $50,000, of course, went to the Red Sox. But moving on. So, of course, the best players for the Yankees was Babe Ruth, Wally Pip, Wally Shang, Bob Musil. That year, Babe Ruth, um, he actually didn't play a whole lot of games. I uh, I would imagine he must have had some, in, uh, some there must have been some kind of injury he must have uh, gone through because he only played 110 games, but he did hit 35 home runs and 96 RBIs. And he actually mostly played left field, which I kind of wonder, I, I would think it would be, might have been because they were playing in the polo grounds, which maybe because the field was a little bit different. I, I don't know exactly why. There was a movie called The Babe, and it's a very good movie, by the way. Actually, if you want, uh, there's, there's a movie, a movie theater podcast called Movie Theater Time Machine, which I was on an episode recently, and uh, I just wanted to thank um, everyone from Movie Theater Time Machine for letting me be on the show. Um, and we talked about that movie, The Babe. But in the movie, The Babe, uh, kind of, it portrayed John Goodman was Babe Ruth, and he was excellent as Babe Ruth. But the movie portrayed Babe Ruth as uh, being very um, overweight, which is is not bad, and it's not inaccurate at all. 
Because when he did come into the Yankees, he really didn't take care of himself. But he, I don't think he was as overweight as maybe the, the movie might have shown him. Um, but, however, he really didn't take care of himself either. <laughs> Which, obviously, is like kind of the legend of Babe Ruth because, you know, he was so good and he really didn't even take care of himself. If he had just taken care of himself a little bit, like, imagine how great he could have been. But I think that's just, like I said, the legend of Ruth. Um, but, anyway, so he ended up playing a lot more left field in 1921 and 1922 as well. Uh, and the starting rotation was Waite Hoyt, um, uh, Bob Shockey, Carl Mays, Bullet Joe Bush, who got, they got from the Red Sox, and Sad Sam Jones. And then in May of 1922, uh, Colonel Rupert officially buys out Colonel Houston's uh, part of the ownership. Um, he bought out, bought out that part of the ownership for $1.5 million. Um, so that's, that's uh, a lot of money. But anyways, in 1922, and uh, the World Series, of course, with the Giants and the Yankees. Um, it, this World Series really didn't work out a, a whole lot better for the Yankees. Uh, the New York Giants ended up sweeping. Um, uh, game 2 was actually ended up in a tie, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the 10th inning... The game, of course, was tied, and they called it because of insufficient lighting. Uh, but the fans were, uh, they were extremely angry, of course, and rightfully so. Um, and I guess they, there was a there was a theory going on that, that fans had that one or both of the teams were allowing the game to be tied uh, so that, you know, the, so that would help them, like, with gate receipts, which obviously was ticket sales, and it would help them get more money. So anyways, I just kind of found that kind of interesting, um, something that you don't really think you'd ever see, um, and I don't think you'll ever see again, I would imagine, obviously, because the lighting's a lot better today. So anyways, moving on to the 1923 offseason, January of 1923, the Yankees ended up going on to make another trade with the Red Sox. Of course, um, they traded Al DeVormer and Cash to the Red Sox for Harvey Hendrick and George Pipgrass. And then they made another trade with the Red Sox for a left-handed starting pitcher, um, future Hall of Famer, um, Herb Pennock from the Red Sox, also sent some more players and $50,000 to the Red Sox as well. But Herb Pennock was a left-handed starting pitcher. He really isn't talked a whole lot about in Yankee history. Of course, a lot of that, I'm sure, is because he played such a long time ago. Um, and he played quite a while with the Red Sox as well. Um, he was a part of the Red Sox in 1918, but he did not play that year because he had missed it because he was serving in uh, World War One. But he was a pretty good pitcher. Um, but if you look at his numbers, um, his numbers are better um, in, in his Yankees tenure than they were in his Red Sox tenure, um, which I just kind of thought was interesting. Of course, 1923 as well was when the Yankees opened up their new ballpark, which is basically, I believe, um, not far from the Polo Grounds. And it was a huge ballpark because they wanted to really kind of overshadow the Polo Grounds, which was kind of a small park compared to the Yankee Stadium, which, you know, Colonel Jacob Rupert really wanted to, you know, he, he really wanted to make a splash um, for the Yankees. Um, but anyways, so moving on, of course, the Yankees ended up getting Herb Pennock, which really he is kind of like the the, the, the guy that, that really kind of like he was the last the last thing they really needed Um and they really didn't have a left-handed starting pitcher. But also with Yankee Stadium, as we know now, um, it's kind of a, it's very helpful to have a left-handed starting pitcher in Yankee Stadium because of the right field seats being kind of close. Um, but anyways, uh, so 
Herb Pennock was coming off two bad years with the Red Sox. So in some ways, you can kind of see why the Red Sox wanted to trade Herb Pennock. But, I mean, you know, they really didn't seem like they were, especially with Har- Harry for Z, he didn't seem like he really cared. But anyways, moving on. Uh, so on April 18th, 1923, the Yankees officially opened up Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built. Um, it was opening day at Yankee Stadium against the Red Sox. The Yankees won the game 4-1. Attendance for that game was 74,200 because Jacob Rupert, I guess he found a way to um, get a lot more fans in the stadium by having uh, standing room. Anyways, the first home run in Yankee Stadium was hit by, of course, Babe Ruth. The house that Ruth built was a line drive to right field. Of course, uh, right field would end up being known as Ruthville. Um, uh, Ruth uh, hit a three-run home run that inning in the first inning. The first walk was off uh, Howard Emp, who pitched for the Red Sox that day, and Whitey Witt was the, the guy who walked. Um, so the first RBI was hit by uh, Joel Dugan, who, of course, the former Red Sox. Um, and the first hit was by George Burns, first baseman for the Red Sox. Um, the first strikeout was by Bob Shockey, pitcher for the Yankees. Um, he struck out Shano Collins. Um, I believe he struck him out looking. And uh, Everett Scott was also the first strikeout for the Yankees, um, the first opposition player who struck out. Um, and the first error that was made at Yankee Stadium was made by Red Sox first baseman George Burns. It was an error. He was, a, uh, it was I guess, in fall territory, um, which is kind of random that he made an error. On the, uh, I wonder if maybe he didn't know where the, it was around the, where the seats were maybe. I, I'm not sure because... The, there's not a whole lot of fall territory in Yankee Stadium, so maybe you just didn't know where the railings were. The first double in Yankee Stadium was hit by Bob Musel, Silent Bob. Um, it was actually a pop fly between the shortstop and third base hole. Kind of interesting, I, I thought. Um, the first Yankee error was by Babe Ruth, ironically enough. It was an error to right field. Um, and by 1923, this is basically when Babe Ruth starts playing right field pretty much all the time. Um... But anyways, so he makes a error on a fly ball. And also the first run scored by a visiting team was on a uh, an RBI triple by Norm McMillan um, he, uh, for the Red Sox. And it was to right center. George Burns scored the run. Um, and uh, that's how the that's how the Red Sox scored their first and only run of the game. Um, uh, and also, of course, it was the Yankees' first win uh, opening day, Yankee Stadium. Um, first game ever. And it was a complete game by Bob Shockey. Um, the lineup was very similar to the 1922 lineup, except for Wally Shang and Fred Hoffman were both, uh, they pretty much both caught almost the exact same amount of games. Wally Shang um, caught 84 games and Fred Hoffman caught 72 games. So those two guys shared the catching position pretty much. Uh, in the rotation was Bullet Joe Bush, who had a 3.43 ERA, Wait Hoyt, was 3.02 ERA. He actually had the lowest ERA on the Yankees rotation. Um, Herb Pennock, left-handed starting pitcher, as I said, he was probably the guy that that the Yankees really needed to get over the new to get to get past the New York Giants and finally, as we know now, they won the World Series. Um, he had a 3.19 ERA, which is better better than uh, the past couple years he had had with the Red Sox. Um, of course, I'm sure it was tough for him. Uh, being on the Red Sox when the Yankees were really taking a lot of their players, so so I'm sure it, I'm sure that really helped him to just go out there and play and and have fun again playing. Um, because when you're losing, especially being a professional baseball player, and you're doing it all the time, you want to win. And when your when your owner doesn't have a lot of uh, when your owner doesn't show a lot of faith 
in the the players or don't doesn't really even show like that the how that they that they care about the team then I'm sure that can be very deflating for any baseball player um, and Sam, sad Sam Jones is also another guy also came from the Red Sox had a 3.63 ERA that was actually the highest ERA on the Yankee rotation so Bullet Joe Bush Bob Shockey Sad Sam Jones Wait Hoyt and Herb Pennock were the main starters for the Yankees. Um, the Yankees were 98 and 54 that year. They finished 160 days in first place. So they basically dominated the American League. I guess there were actually 130 games that they, that they had played and finished. They were in first place as well. The biggest lead that the Yankees had, um, like in the regular season as the first place team, the biggest lead was 18 and a half games on, and that was on September 28th. The second place team, the fin- team that finished in second place was actually Detroit. And the Detroit Tigers, they, they were 12 and 10. The Yankees were 12 and 10 against them. So the Detroit Tigers were actually pretty, pretty, um, a pretty tough opponent for the Yankees. But anyways, moving on. Uh, the farthest behind that the Yankees were was on April 23rd, which was obviously, which was just after opening day at Yankee Stadium, which is kind of interesting. That was the last time that the Yankees were um, were not in first place. So they're in first place from April 23rd until the end of the season. So the Yankees' highest winning percentage was 46 games over 500. Um, they had a nine-game winning streak. Um, uh, they won nine games in a row uh, three times that season. They also uh, had four three-game losing streaks. And actually, they also, the most runs in a game that the Yankees had was 24. Uh, that game, Babe Ruth was 5 for 6 with the home run. Lou Gehrig, um, who was 20 years old, he had just signed with the Yankees uh, from Columbia University. Um, he only played nine games that year, though, um, as a first baseman. He actually made an error that game, but he was also four for seven, and um, he had two doubles as well. So I just figured that was kind of an interesting note. Um, and uh, most runs allowed by the Yankees of in 1923 was 15 against the Boston Red Sox, um, and that was at Fenway Park as well. The longest game that the Yankees played that season was the second game of a doubleheader, again, again against the Red Sox. And this was on September 29th, so it was toward the end of the year as well. The Yankees pitched nine shutouts in 1923. They also got shut out seven times. And their home record at Yankee Stadium was 46-30. and 30. Uh, That was uh, basically a 605 winning percentage. And their road record was 52-24. and 24, So they, they were even better on the road um, with a 684 winning percentage, which is kind of interesting. But, I mean, at the same time, too, they're probably still getting used to Yankee Stadium. Um, of course, they had never played there before, and it was a brand new park. But the two toughest opponents, as I said, the Detroit Tigers were the Yankees. They were probably their toughest nemesis. Um, they were the second-place team in the division. I, th- I believe the Yankees beat them by 16 games in the division. But anyway, the Yankees were 10-12 and 12 against the Indians, and uh, they were in third place. The Tigers were 12-10 and 10 against the Yankees, and of course, like I said, the Tigers were in second place. Um, and extra innings, the Yankees were 9-4. and four. Um, and also in run-run games, the Yankees were 26 and 15. In blowout games, the Yankees were 33 and 12. So it kind of shows you um, how, how the Yankees could really hit. Um, and and that was again that that was kind of before Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth even came. Even though Lou Gehrig did play nine games with the Yankees, but most of it was in the minors, I believe. He didn't really play a whole lot yet. Wally Pipp was still a pretty darn good player, but of course, as we know, you know Lou Gehrig was definitely. A better player, and I think they they I'm sure they saw the flashes of of how good Lou Gehrig was going to be, but he was still just I believe he was actually 19 when he played his first game. 
but he was 20 when he when he ended up when the Yankees finished the year. Um, but anyways, uh, moving on. So the first half of the year, the Yankees were 53 and 24. Second half, they were 45 and 30. Their best months were in May, which they had a 7.28 winning percentage. In July, they had a 7.42 winning percentage. Um, 1923, of course, Babe Ruth won the Most Valuable Player Award. Actually, and it was his only Most Valuable Player Award that Babe Ruth won, which is kind of shocking. So Babe Ruth hit 393. He was second in the American League for the batting title. Um, Harry Heilman was the was the guy that beat him out. He had a 403 batting average. Um, Babe Ruth also led the league with a 545 on base percentage that year. 17 stolen bases again, 21 times he was caught stealing. Um, he had a 1,309 on base plus slugging percentage, which also led the league. Um, he had 151 runs um, runs scored, which also led the league, and 93 strikeouts, which led the league again. Uh, Bob Musil, uh, he also had a very good season for the Yankees. Um, he hit 313, had an 837 um, on base plus slugging percentage, nine home runs, 91 RBIs, which you don't see um, that many RBIs usually with like single digits and, and home runs. But I mean, he was, you could tell he was a really good hitter as well, but hitting over 300. So, anyways, he also had uh, 13 stolen bases and he was caught 15 times. Um, he struck out just 52 times in 132 games. Wally Pip hit 304, had a 749 on base plus slugging percentage, six home runs, 109 RBIs, um, and he played 144 games at first base, and he had a 352 on base percentage. Whitey Witt was the leadoff hitter for the Yankees. He had 314, he had a 794 on base plus slugging percentage. Um, he was also the Yankee center fielder as well. He had a 386 on base percentage, which is very, very good for a leadoff hitter. 146 games played um he had six home runs and 55 rbis as well so those were pretty much the yankees best players uh so moving on of course the yankees ended up winning the division like i said by a lot i think it was like 16 16 games over the um, tigers and 16 and a half over the indians um because the indians were in third so it was the yankees and giants again 1923 only this time they uh would have to go between the polo grounds and yankee stadium game one started at yankee stadium as the yankees had uh, 98 wins, and I believe the Giants had uh, 95 wins that season. October 10th to October 15th was when the World Series was played um, in 1923. Uh, it ended up going to six games. So game one uh, was the first World Series game played at Yankee Stadium. Uh, the Giants ended up winning the game 5-4. to four. Wait Hoyt pitched the game for the Yankees, and Mule Watson pitched the game for the New York Giants. Both pitchers only went, like, they went no more than two and a third innings pitched, uh, so the, they both had to go to their bullpens. So Rosie Ryan pitched for the New York Giants. He went seven innings and just gave up one run. Um, he ended up, of course, getting the win. Bullet Joe Bush went six and two-thirds innings for the Yankees and also only gave up one run. Um, but uh, Wait Hoyt had given up a, a few more runs than... Mule Watson. Um, the first postseason hit at Yankee Stadium was hit by Heine Graw uh, of the New York Giants. It was a single. Um, the first Yankees hit was hit by Bob Musil, um, which was an RBI double, along with a two-run single by Whitey Witt in that same inning. So the Yankees actually had the lead three to nothing in the second inning, but of course that lead disappeared. So the Giants would answer with four in the third inning. So they had the lead four to three, and then in the seventh inning. Um, it was an RBI triple by Joe Dugan 
uh, for the Yankees, their third baseman. He also actually played third base and second base as well. But he tied the game up with a RBI triple, 4-4. Four to four. Then in the ninth inning, uh, it was a go-ahead inside the park home run for the first home run at Yankee Stadium ever hit by former manager uh, or future manager Casey Stengel. And at the time, Casey Stengel was a center fielder. Um, he was a scrappy player. He played for John McGraw, who John McGraw was, um, if you're familiar with baseball history, is a great uh, one of the great managers in baseball. Um, and I believe that's kind of was Casey Stengel's mentor. So anyways, that's how the New York Giants won the first game of the 1923 World Series. And that was kind of an interesting first home run at Yankee Stadium. Um, so game two was in the polo grounds. The Giants had a one nothing lead in the series. Uh, the Yankees would end up winning this ser- this game, though. Uh, the game went two hours and seven minutes. Babe Ruth actually hit two home runs in this game. And actually, Babe Ruth, he really liked to hit at the polo grounds. I guess it was his favorite park to hit at. Um, so he, he had two home runs. He was two for three with two walks and two RBIs. Um, he had a home run in the fourth and the fifth inning. Aaron Ward, who I just talked about, he was still on the team, but I don't know if he was playing quite as much. But again, like I said, he was a third baseman. He played He played this game. He was 2-4 for four with a home run um, in the second inning. And Herb Pennock actually pitched a complete game. Of course, the this was his first World Series game with the New York Yankees. Just gives up nine hits, uh, two runs, one walk, and one strikeout. And of course, uh, Pennock gets the win. And the, the series is tied at one. Game three, going back to Yankee Stadium. Um, of course, they did things a lot differently back then as far as like nowadays, game one and two would be at Yankee Stadium. Then it would be on the road for three, four, and five, and then six and seven back at Yankee Stadium or wherever the other park is. But anyways, game three um, at Yankee Stadium, it was tied, the series was tied on one between the Giants and the Yankees. Uh, the Giants would get another one here. Art Neff was the starting pitcher for the New York Giants. He ended up pitching like a complete game shutout. Casey Stengel actually got the, the game, uh, basically the go-ahead home run, um, which was hit to right field. Uh, he was a left-handed hitter. Um, it was off of sad Sam Jones in the seventh inning, and uh, that's how the New York Giants won the game, one to nothing. Um, that was actually the first home run out of the park in the World Series at Yankee Stadium. So the Giants had the series lead again. Uh, they're they're leading two to one, and so that leads us to Game Four at the Polo Grounds. So Bob Shockey pitched seven and two thirds innings. Um, he did give up twelve hits, which is kind of a lot, but he only gave up three runs, so he he limited the damage. Uh, four walks, two strikeouts, he got the win. Her Pennock came in the game. Uh, he pitched an inning in the third, gave up just one hit, um, one run, one strikeout. Ended up getting the save. Babe Ruth, actually, he was one for three with a double, two walks, and uh, two runs scored. Uh, Whitey Witt, their center fielder, was three for four with two RBIs and two walks. Aaron Ward was two for four with an RBI. And, of course, the Yankees end up winning that game eight to four, and the series is tied again two to two this time. Uh, game five, back at Yankee Stadium. Um, and this game was actually under two hours, which is kind of interesting because nowadays – you know, a lot of fans would, would really love to see a two under two-hour game. But, I mean, of course, the game was played differently, too. And the fact that there's a lot more strikeouts nowadays, it's just, I guess, kind of a different game. I mean, in my, in my opinion, anyway, as far as the game times, it's really... I I, I mean, I, I just want to see a good baseball game. I'm not really as concerned about 
um, how long the games are, obviously. I mean, to, to me, it really doesn't matter. But moving on, so we got Game 5 at Yankee Stadium. The series is tied at 2. Joe Dugan was 4 for 5. Um, he had a home run in the game. Uh, again, the Yankees' third baseman. He had a two-run home run in the second inning to right center field. Um, three RBIs that, that day. Babe Ruth, had uh, he was 1 for 4, one walk, and one strikeout. Bob Musil was 3 for 5, the three RBIs, and he also hit a triple. Um, Bullet Joe Bush was the starting pitcher. Pitched a complete game. Three hits, one run, two walks, three strikeouts, and, a, and he got the win. So, anyways, the Yankees, of course, won that game 8-1. to one. And So, Bullet Joe Bush pitches the first game that the Yankees win at Yankee Stadium in the World Series. Uh, moving on to Game 6. Back to the Polo Grounds. This game actually went two hours and seven minutes. And, of course, all these games were in the day back then. The, I mean, they were not televised yet. They were on the radio. Herb Pannock pitched the game. He went seven innings, uh, uh, nine hits, four runs, no walks, six strikeouts, and he gave up one home run to Frank Snyder, who was a catcher for the New York Giants. Um, he hit it to left field. Sam Jones ended up coming into relief. Um, he pitched two innings. Uh, one hit, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts. Um, Art Neff pitched for the New York Giants. Went seven and a third innings, four hits, five runs, three walks, uh, three strikeouts. And uh, he he gave up the home run to Babe Ruth in the first inning with two outs and it was hit to right field. So uh, Rosie Ryan ended up coming in, pitched an inning and two thirds. And he uh, gave up a hit and a run, one walk and one strikeout as well. He blew the save in the eighth inning as well that game in game six. Bob Musil that game went one for four with two RBIs. Um, he, he had eight RBIs in the series, actually. And also, Whitey Witt, um, he had a, uh, was the center fielder for the Yankees. He uh, had made an outfield assist in the game. Uh, he threw out the runner, uh, Frankie Frisch, for the New York Giants at third base. Um, also, Whitey Witt was three for four that, uh, that game with uh, a triple. And um, so the game was tied one to one in the eighth inning. And then the New York Giants were up. There was a, a single, an RBI single by Bill Cunningham. Fifth inning was a, a home run by uh, Frank Snyder, as I said before, um, off of uh, Bullet Joel Bush. And in fifth inning, there was a home run uh, by Frank Snyder off of Herb Pennock. And in the sixth inning, Irish Musil, the brother of Bob Musil, who I just mentioned, um, hit an RBI single. So the Giants had a 3-1 to one lead. So that would be for another couple innings. So the Yankees rallied with one out after Wally Shang singled. Everett Scott singled as well. So they had runners on first and third. Fred Hoffman was a pitch hitter. Um, for the pitcher, her Pennock, um, and uh, he drew a walk. Um, but the, and so the bases were loaded. Uh, Bullet Joe Bush now comes in to pitch hit for center fielder Whitey Witt, um, so which is kind of interesting. Um, but uh, anyways, he goes on and ends up walking with the bases loaded, gets an RBI, um, and uh, Hinky Haynes actually pitch runs for Fred Hoffman bef before that as well. So then the Giants ended up uh, taking out um, Art Neff and bringing in Rosie Ryan and the Yankees end up putting, bringing Ernie Johnson off the bench to pitch run for Bullet Joe Bush who was really a starting pitcher um, and he had a very good series as a, as a pitcher uh, but anyways he, um, he was actually 3 for 7 in the series as well as, as a hitter and, and of course back then uh, there was no DH yet. Uh, the pitchers had to hit so as I said Ernie Johnson goes in the pitch run for Bullet Joe Bush at first base um, Rosie Ryan's in the game. Joe Dugan walks, gets an RBI. Then Babe Ruth steps up. He strikes out. Um, so there's two outs. And Bob Musil at the plate with the bases loaded. Gets a base hit. Uh, single. 
uh, with two outs to center field, and he actually ends up on third base because of an error on the throw from the center fielder. Uh, Joe Dugan scores from first base, and uh, Bob Musel, of course, like I said, he ends up on third base, and he clears the bases and uh, gives the Yankees the lead. And Wally Pipp grounded out to, to second base to end that inning, and the Yankees scored five runs that inning, and so the Yankees end up scoring five runs that inning, um, and the eighth, and they took a six to four lead. And Sam Jones comes in for her Pennock, who was pitch it for that inning. Um, he pitches two scoreless innings to close out the game for the New York Yankees, who won their first World Series in 1923. Her Pennock, of course, pitches pitches the game, the clinching game. He was basically the the missing link that they needed, I guess. Um, but anyways. Of course, Babe Ruth also had a great series. So if there was a World Series MVP back then, I would have given it to Babe Ruth, who was 7 for 19, which is good for a 368 batting average, three home runs, um, three RBIs, eight walks, one triple, and one double. Um, Bullet Joe Bush also had a very good series as well. As I said, he was a starting pitcher, but he was 3 for 7 um, at the plate, uh, a double and an RBI. Um, he was he had pitched 16 and two thirds innings, uh, had a 1.08 ERA in three games pitched, uh, one start and one complete game. Uh, but also Herb Pennock also made two starts. The only starter for the Yankees that made two starts, um, pitched in three games, um, and he actually was two and zero and he got one save. He had a 3.63 ERA in the series as well. So that's basically how the Yankees won their first World Series title in 1923. And that 1923 World Series team was really very good and kind of very underrated too. That I didn't realize how good of a team they had. Obviously, they didn't really have the superstars of like the Murderer's Row, who we'll talk about a little bit later in future episodes, um, or even like the 1961 team or the 1998 team. That's how the Yankees ended up going on to win their first World Series title. So I just wanted to mention um, that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Honest Fitness Talk with your trainer Nick, Movie Theater Time Machine, Psych Your Crime, Free Your Geek, and uh, um, a bunch of other podcasts like uh, I've Watched What and other uh, podcasts as well and some youtubers and some streamers as well you can uh, look to uh, www.4041media.com for more information on uh, 4041 media so i just wanted to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the 1923 new york yankees and how they won the first world series title in team history um, again this team this team is in my opinion they're very underrated um, they, they they had a very very good uh, season that year and they you know they were they were just a, they were a very good team um, but they, they they don't really get talked about as much but again I mean there were a lot of other really good teams in Yankees history um, and uh, the Yankees were lucky to have a lot of great teams and a lot of great players um, but uh, anyways so let me know what you think about the 1923 New York Yankees feel free to email me at historicpinstripes at gmail.com you can also feel free to comment on his at historic pinstripes on instagram or at historic nyy on twitter or on facebook as well um if you would like and also you can feel free to review the podcast and give us five stars because that always helps us out but also i just wanted to mention one of my favorite podcasts in the 4041 media family if you go to 4041media.com is honest fitness talk with your trainer nick i think you'll find it very interesting he talks a lot about exercise and fitness and even if you're not into fitness he talks a lot about mental health as well which is very important and if you would like feel free to go and check it out because um, I've, I've had Nick on the show. He's a good guy, and he's a very, very good friend. And I think 
uh, I'm sure he would love to have you listen in. And feel free to check out his Instagram at Nick Tabor Fitness. So as always, thank you all for listening, everybody. And go Yankees. <laughs>